Today on episode 106 of the Home of Play podcast, Quantic Dream claims it's working on three new games, Gran Turismo 7 is back online, Polyphony Digital apologizes and addresses microtransactions, and Konami has updated its Silent Hill trademark in Japan. All that and much more. Let's get that sweet, sweet intro. Happy Monday and welcome home, everyone. Welcome back to episode 106 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steve, and with me I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-support podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy your leisure. We only ask you to help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the Dark Knight about the show, and that they can find us on all of your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing. It's all because of love of gaming homies, helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss the beautiful... Hogwarts Legacy State of Play that we watched this week. On today's episode, though, we have all the news articles that you're looking forward to. But first, what we must do is what we always do, which is talk about what we've been doing in this last week, specifically what we've been doing this last week in gaming. So we're going to start with Chris. In gaming this week, I have not done a lot. Uh, I've been kind of vegging out and not, yeah, just chilling, chilling. Um, I played a little bit of Lost Ark over the weekend, as well as some Cyberpunk. Uh, got past the first act in Cyberpunk, so it's like, hey, now Keanu Reeves is here. Yay! Why is he being a dick? I don't like it. But <laughs> I'm, in- I'm enjoying the game. Um, it's-, it's running pretty well. Uh, it doesn't seem to be like it doesn't seem to like going in rest mode. At least that's my theory. Um, after I turn the game on after rest mode. It feels like the game's just slowly dying on me. Sometimes it'll j- eventually crash or the textures start getting washed out and it's just like the game's melting. It's hilarious. Uh, but it seems like the problem happens every time uh, I put the game in rest mode. So I just have to make sure to kill the game every time. So It's cool. Um, other than that, like I have not played very much during the week. I think I played a little bit more Lost Ark on Monday and then nothing during the week. Uh, I don't know why. I- I've been... I'm. I don't know if it's the news about the the upgrades to Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7 that's coming, um, but I kind of got hooked on watching gameplay of Resident Evil 2 Remake. I really do love that game. It might be my favorite game of all time, actually. Uh, and I just started watching YouTubers and uh, Twitch streamers that have played the game way in the past and just re-watching their old videos of their playthroughs, just some of the ones that I find entertaining. And it's just, it's fun to watch people go through the game, experiencing it the first time from their perspective and just see the things that freak them out. And if they find all the collectibles and all the different materials and see if they have like my OCD tendencies to pick up every single item and throw it in the stash and then never use any of the items. <laughs> but yeah, that was, I watched a couple people actually uh, during this week. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. I just chill out, have some food chips or whatever and just watch some videos and then go to bed and then go to work so not a lot of gaming this week for me but that was uh pretty much my rotation so uh how about yourself i know i've definitely seen you be playing uh more elden ring yep uh what is this week two or week three i can't remember anymore time is meaningless when you're tarnished and i just yeah more elden ring all time any free second i get i'm playing more elden ring i'm playing with friends i'm playing by myself and both of those experiences are very rewarding. Uh, I just, I don't know, I'm at a very good area or place in the game where I just feel great about it. Um, I know I'm about to hit a wall in terms of difficulty, uh, so that's a little scary. But you know what? Um, I think I'm ready for it again. I just feel like I have the resources, and if necessary, I have the friends to help me. So, you know, I can't wait to see more. I just even like this week, like now it's starting to hit me. I've never, like, I've always loved the souls games, but 
I just feel like this one, I don't know what about it's different. Maybe it's because you have to explore it. You, you like start to learn these characters names. I feel like there's more emphasis on the characters in this world. And it just makes me want to know more about this world where other souls games, I didn't ever want to educate myself more in the world. It just kind of felt like, okay, we're just going to get through this area. Let's make it to the boss. Okay. We beat the boss. Awesome. I have that sense of accomplishment. Let's get to the next area now. And I, I just wouldn't care about anything else in the world. It just seemed forgettable to me. And I know you could read the items and blah, 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 but I feel like this game is good enough. That it doesn't give you everything, but it gives you enough to like get you on that fish hook. And then you're like, you're stuck and you're, you're like, they're reeling you in and you just want to know more about it. And even, you know, today I was just looking things up on wiki. And I'm like, okay, so what is this character? And like, what actually just happened here? And then you read and you're like, oh my God, now I want to know more about this other thing. And yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I, you know, and just having debates with other people that have gone the same place in the game as me, like we're debating about characters and, you know, what our interpretations of what happened, you know, is. And it, it's, yeah, I know. All I can say is like, I love this game. It's definitely, I don't know. It's either my favorite game of all time or it's damn close to that. Uh, I, I still don't know if it beats God of War, but I'm starting to think it does, honestly, just because... Mm-hmm. I'm getting things from this game, like sense of exploration. I know I talk about that, but now I'm like starting to solve things accidentally almost. And then you just get so hyped that you're like, Oh my gosh, I found this out. And now I can proceed this other quest. And I just can't tell you any other game that does that. You know, me and you kind of, we didn't speak on it last week, but I know there's a Twitter feud where some developers were trying to, it felt like they were trying to almost take a dump on Elden Ring success. And um, it seemed quite petty. And, you know, like everything that they're pointing out is like a negative besides PC performance. I just feel like it's the positive and it's probably the reason that this is the highest selling from software game of all time. And their lack of understanding of that is probably the biggest problem we have in open world games right now and why there's such a drag and whatever a little machine that monitors your heart rate. Like, you know, it, it's at the bottom. It's doing the E yeah. and that's what I feel like. We're seeing in the open world games, it's just everything's the same. Basically, I don't feel like anything's really flip flipped the uh, script in yeah. a in a while. And now it's just like Elden Ring comes out, and yeah, you could point fingers at it. Maybe it's not the way you want to approach your open worlds, but at least hey, at least it's doing something different. It's funny I, when you're talking like about that. It reminds me of the meme that uh, you had sent me, and I think I found it too about. If Elden Ring was a, a Ubisoft game, this is what the HUD would look yes. like. And it's just littered with everything you'd expect. Like, it's just, it's hard for me to, like, explain it to you. But if you could find it, look it up. It's it's quite hilarious. Well, it is. It absolutely is. But it's also very poignant and sad that it's like, yeah, there would be uh, something in the corner telling you, like, purchase this. And, like, oh, we could speed up your gameplay with this. I mean... The fact that right now, if you turn on Elden Ring or even go to the Elden Ring page on your PS5, scroll down, there's no microtransaction. There's nothing you can even buy for this game other than the game itself. Yeah. It's, that's just such a beautiful sight in this day and age. It's beautiful. And I'm like, I, I just saw that or noticed it yesterday. I was kind of like just almost taken aback. And I'm like, oh, my God, like there's just this game and all the contents here. Nothing was like held back that I'm aware of at least anyway. And that's just such a cool thing. I, I don't know. I think that's great. And I, probably another reason I'm so drawn to this thing, but anyway, I could speak on that for honestly forever. I I've been having a great week with Elden ring and you know, I've already kind of scheduled tomorrow, uh, which would be a Saturday to get even more in. And I think, uh, yeah, hopefully some friends will show up and we're going to have a good time. So we're going to move on to the news. What is happening this week in the news? And uh, I guess we're going to start with some not uplifting microtransaction news, which we were just kind of talking about. So let's go the other direction. Chris, I don't know why I said it so aggressively. Okay. Chris, <laughs> it's like, it's like I, I said your name as if your name was Karen. <laughs> okay. Gran Turismo 7 is back online. Polyphony Digital apologizes and addresses microtransactions. This one comes from Game Informer. In a new blog post, GT7 producer Kazunori Yamachi uh, explains why a maintenance period that was expected to last a couple of hours lasted longer than a day. In fact, I believe it was some people are quoting as 24 hours. Um, He said that right before the release of the 1.07 update, 
which is the one that left GT7 largely unplayable, Polyphony Digital discovered the issue where the game would not start properly in some cases on product versions of the PS4 and PS5. Uh, additional editor notes I put in here, uh, they decided to interrupt the 1.07 and to make the 1.08 correctional update. Uh, continuing forward in quotes, at the same time, the pricing of the cars is an important element that conveys their value and rarity. So I do think it's important for it to be linked with the real world prices, he continues. I want to make GT7 a game in which you can enjoy a variety of cars lots of different ways, and if possible, would like to try to avoid a situation where a player must mechanically keep replaying certain events over and over again. The blog post says the studio will let players know the update plans for additional content, race events, and features to constructively resolve this issue. Uh, continuing, continuing in quotes, it pains me that I can't explain the details regarding this at the moment, but we plan on continuing to revise GT7 so that as many players as possible can enjoy the game. Yamachi writes, we would really appreciate if everyone could watch over the growth of Gran Turismo 7 and from a somewhat longer term point of view. Okay, that was a mouthful. I wish I could have summarized that more, uh, but to give you the gist, it was unplayable for 24 hours. Sounds like it was a patch issue. That I'm fine with, uh, but I think the meat and potatoes of this story is where we get into the microtransactions, and yeah. right away I'm calling bullshit. Yep. Uh, I I'm calling bullshit. You know, this whole, like, well, I want the cars to reflect the, re the prices in the real world, and it's just like, okay, then let's not have any currency microtransactions. And, and, like, you make a game where it's reasonable to expect these people to get enough money in a reasonable time that rewards their effort and it's also respectful of the player's time and then i think i'm okay with that as well but the fact that you're making these cars super expensive because you want them to be like reality based prices um but are also offering people insane amount of money like and, and that's the thing you could still keep them the expense of like $4 million per car or whatever it was that we talked about the weeks ago, but then lower the prices of the currency. Why can't I spend $5 and get a million dollars in currency? It doesn't justify that a car can cost you up to $40, Chris. Yeah. Well, I, I when you were reading the quote where he talks about, uh, if possible, would like to try to avoid a situation where a player must mechanically keep replaying certain events over and over again. That quote just gets me like, mm. or you could just not have the game, have a grind where I have to replay the same track 18 times, get enough currency to buy the one car I want to get. And you're not going to like this, but like the article kind of avoided it, but in actual, like the patches, uh, they made the races less rewarding. You actually get less credits for oh, more races. Good. So, in, he says, I would like to make it that they're not just doing the same races over and over, and now they've made the grind even worse. So it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, you said one thing, but you did another. How are you making a connection between the, the, the action and the sentence? Like, I, I don't understand. And I know one race, I guess, significantly, significantly went up in value. But then I'm like, well, does that just mean everyone's going to now do that race over and over? But like all these other ones like that people were primarily using to grind to get these cars so they wouldn't have to spend 40 freaking real American dollars. Um, yeah, the, like now those got cut in half. It's confusing because uh, it's like the people who are fans of the series are pretty dedicated fans. And you're mm -hmm. you're really, really gouging them on this one. Like there's no nice way to put it. Yeah, I I'm just so disappointed in them. Yeah, I'll just go back to playing Burnout Three Takedown. Yeah, <laughs> the, probably the good old days where you literally there was game modes to literally make crashes. <laughs> Can you imagine like I don't know Gran Turismo Eight, and it's like you literally just start having to pay bi-weekly payments for this car. <laughs> <You> gotta, <laughs> it's, like, it's like yeah, I gotta get a loan. Yeah, sign the paper. It's like, and it's all yours in in virtual reality. Here's the license agreement. Uh, you just just skip it like you do with every other one. Yeah, just yeah. sign at the bottom. 
Don't worry about it. Just give us your banking info. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're going to move on to our next story, which is slightly, hopefully, a more uplifting story. The Quarry is a $70 PS5 title from Supermassive Games. This one comes from Push Square. Until dawn, developer Supermassive Games has fully unveiled the Quarry. It's a new IP that this time will be published by 2K Games, announced for PlayStation 5 and PS4, with a release date of June 10th, 2022. The game is available for pre-order on the PS Store now, and the PS5 version costs $69.99. The PS4 version comes at $59.99, but there's no free PS4 to PS5 upgrade. You'll need to buy the $79.99 Deluxe Edition to get both versions, should you wish to have that. In quotes from the developer, it's late summer in the remote forests of upstate New York, and the teen counselors of Hackett's Quarry have the camp to themselves for one final night. That means no kids, no adults, and no rules. In this thrilling cinematic tale, you control the fates of all nine camp counselors as their party plans unravel into an unpredictable night of horror. The life or death decisions around every turn, the choices you make will determine how the story unfolds. You can play the whole game by yourself, but there's also the option of playing with up to seven friends online. It sounds like you can all group up together with everyone taking control of their own character. This can be done either online or locally. Adjustable difficulty lets players of any skill level enjoy the horror, while movie mode lets you enjoy the quarry as a binge-worthy cinematic thriller. The cast includes David Arquette from Scream as Chris, Justice Smith from Jurassic World as Ryan, and Lynn Shane from A Nightmare on Elm Street, Ouija and The Grudge, plays Constance. This is starting to look like a good game, in my opinion. Um, you watched the video? No, I, I have not seen the video. Uh, mm. But just just from what this is talking about, I like the idea of it. It kind of reminds me of like uh, Friday the 13th type of style shenanigans going on. Obviously, not necessarily one specific killer. There could be more. Who knows? But I just like the idea of it, the choices. Uh, I could see myself, uh, you and I, trying this one for sure. Uh, yeah i'm i'm a little scared because i watched the trailer um it's interesting but i would say it feels more like what, what's the series the dark anthology series the, yeah chronicle one or... yeah and it feels more like that than until dawn oh, it, no. it doesn't feel like it has the budget of until dawn and honestly the timing of this kind of suggests that to me um the face like tracking or whatever you want to call that um like motion capture yeah the motion capture and the faces they're just they're not as great as until dawn was and this one's strange to me because these are all like a lot of them are named actors yeah but for whatever reason in the trailer the sound recordings seem awful and i don't know if it's like a loss of translation between what they did and just how it ended up sounding but or if the act like they're just not doing a great job or they're not enthused with the script, but like something about the performances, at least from an audio level, they it sounded bad to me. Like mm. I just was having a hard time getting into those performances, at least from an audio perspective. And that concerns me. So now I'm wondering if it's more like the anthology series, why does this cost so much more? And I'm just not seeing a reason to justify that currently. And my other thing is no one that I can find is talking about its length either. So I'm like, if this ends up being a small bite-sized thing, uh, which it shouldn't, I hope it isn't because it's a new partnership. It's a new like name altogether. It has nothing to do with that anthology series. Then I hope it's a longer, more, fi- I, I hope it's more like Until Dawn, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But if it's not, then that's concerning to me. Yeah, Until Dawn, it's not the longest game either. But no. it it's it's decent enough. But like I know when we played it, we definitely felt like we got our value out of it, and it did have replayability because there was a lot of choices and decisions that had us going different ways, and it would it would change the like the outcomes of certain scenarios quite significantly. And then there's a fair amount of like collectibles that were actually interesting collectibles, like the, the I think there was like the statues or the totems that would show you glimpses of the potential future that could happen. Like that stuff was all yeah. really cool, but yeah, I'm curious now. I'm gonna have to look up the trailer to see what what you're seeing. But I hope it's a diversion, like you say, from the uh, 
anthology chronicles or whatever you want to call them. Because for some, and, and we've talked about this in the past, that for some reason we probably should still be interested in those games, but for some reason they're not hitting us the same way as like Until Dawn. So yeah. I'm hoping it's, you know, the quality's there, the cast sounds great. Um, I'm hoping the cost of the game is not reflective of like the cast that they hired to do the game as I don't recall that ever happening in the past or anything that you could put two or two together that would make that a reality. But um, I'm hoping it works out and we'll have to see down the road uh, how to look. I'm I'm excited. I'm still excited. So I, (laughs) I had to Google it. It's the Dark Pictures anthology that was killing me. Uh, uh, I mean, we were anthology. close enough. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we get it. Yeah. We so, know exactly. <laughs> hopefully, it's good. Like you said, I I want this to be good. I want, like you said, I want to play this with you. I think this could be interesting. Uh, again, a lot of the names I recognize: uh, Justice Smith, all that stuff. David Arquette, obviously. Uh, even Lynn Shea, like she's been. You know, I I don't know why. They pulled up a nightmare on Elm Street because I don't remember that. But uh, Ouija and the Grudge, like those are all like at least the last two forgettable. I'm like her biggest contribution, in my opinion, is uh, it's always been um, Insidious. Yeah, the Insidious series, and I'm like she's such a good role. A nightmare on Elm. Um, that must have been the remake. I'm guessing then. But I just watched the remake, and she, I don't remember her in that. So I'm like, was she in the original? And I just like, <laughs> I, obviously, she'd be a lot younger, and I just didn't recognize. Child number two, that maybe. So moving on, we got uh, an, another happier story, I think. Uh, Quantic Dreams claims its work on three new games is progressing serenely. This one comes from VGC. In a press release on Wednesday, Quantic Dreams said it saw its workforce increase by over 50% last year. The company also reported a third consecutive year of record profits with net results before tax of more than 5.8 million euros. So I'm going to botch this name, but, you know, stay with me. Quantic Dream General Manager Fonda Ymir said its financial results had exceeded expectations because of robust sales of back catalog titles and in particular Detroit Become Human. This title is now Quantic Dream's biggest commercial success with over 6.5 million copies sold on PC and PS4 worldwide. Quantic Dreams is serenely carrying on the distinct development of its three in-house productions now that the pre-production and prototyping phases have been achieved. 2022 will mark a new progression milestone in the production phases of these three unique titles. Uh, And just to remind everyone, Quantic Dreams, uh, you know, there was previous rumors that they're working on the PS4 tech demo. and that is being now labeled Dreamland, supposedly. And apparently David Cage himself is actually writing that one. And then we also know about the Star Wars Eclipse game. Uh, that's rumored that it could not, like, because of workflow issues and so on and staffing issues, might not come out to like, 2027. But that's a, a pretty outlandish uh, rumor. I, I don't want to believe that one. Uh, so then I guess the third one is the one that nobody really knows about, but uh, we're fairly interested in, I would believe. Uh, but not really much to go off of that. All I can say is, like, it's great to hear that Detroit Become Human is doing well. Mm-hmm. It's one of the better ones, for sure, from uh, Quantic Dreams. Yeah, I have a couple of friends that uh, actually just started playing that one a couple of weeks ago. So I was, oh, really? I was glad to hear that it's still being grabbed and played. Because <clears throat> I'm even tempted to go back at some point if I was bored to play it. Because there's so many different endings. Like, yes. it's kind of ridiculous how many endings they are. And it's not like they're throwaway either. Like they all, the ones that I've done make sense to the story and like how it affects the yeah. outcomes. So it is a really well, good I game. Love, like depending on your decisions, like you can just have completely different scenes and go to different locations that you wouldn't have gone otherwise. Yeah. And I just don't feel like we've seen a game that pushes storyline and choices, you know, go that far yet. Yeah. And that's one of the best things about Detroit Become Human. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird when you think that like, there's whole scenes or locations in a game that you might not even see based on your yeah. choices. And I, I, yeah, I can honestly say we haven't seen anything like that other than like the occasional one where it's like a character would die. So you wouldn't see the scenes that would include them later on. But even then yeah. that's still very limited usually. So I'm super excited for all three of these games. Big fan of the company. Uh, obviously yeah. they have some issues that they're still maybe working on. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll have to see. I'm I'm glad the company is doing well, so that's good. 
but yeah, I don't know. I still can't guess like timeline wise on any of these. Like they're just no. talking about pre-production and prototyping being achieved. So yeah, that to me that could scream three to four years. Easy. Yeah, and this company's usually what, what's what's the gap between their games? Like ooh, quite a bit, four to six years. I mean, they have they say they have more staffing, fifty percent increase in just last year. But again, you have three games, so that doesn't really mean much either. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but they're bangers. <laughs> they're bangers. Yeah. They're bangers. So anyway, look forward to that in the future. But until then, we need to keep going on. Konami has updated its Silent Hill trademark in Japan. This one comes from BGC. Konami has updated Japanese trademarks for a handful of its properties, including Silent Hill. As spotted by a Reddit user, updates to Silent Hill Gradius Frogger, the Water Margin, and Tokimiki Memorial trademarks were published by the Japan Patent Office on March 15th. The Silent Hill trademark covers game software and headsets for virtual reality, as well as numerous non-game related goods and services. While these may simply be routine trademark updates or periodic renewals, rather than being indicative of any new product plans, VGC reported in October that multiple Silent Hill games are in development at external studios after Konami decided to revive the classic franchise. Oh, I'm glad they actually took the hint. People may be interested in that game. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just a little bit. One of these was outsourced to a prominent Japanese developer in 2021, we were told. And last February, the medium developer Bloober Team said it was working on an existing horror IP from a very famous gaming publisher, fueling speculation working on an existing horror IP. Okay, Chris. So, I mean, it feels like it's a guarantee, you know, and it did already back in the day but we are seeing more moves from konami uh you know there's the re-releases of those arcade games or like super nintendo castlevanias um you know their soccer game that didn't do too well at launch because of some bad decision making on their part uh and then yeah we're just getting just tons of like property renewals and so on so i i don't know there's too much you know, I guess it brings me back to where there's smoke, there's fire, and there's a shit ton of smoke, Chris. Uh, that you're, that whole kitchen's gone. You've lost it. <laughs> like, you know, we're going to have to tear that sucker down, rebuild. But uh, there you go. I feel like if you're a Silent Hill fan like I am, you're going to get it. Whether it's going to be good or not, I'm not going to speculate on that. Uh, I have a fear. You don't want to speculate? You'll never speculate on it? Not, not this game. <laughs> Uh, I'm worried. I, yeah, I'm a little worried. I, I think I was more excited in the hopes that they would license it out to some yes. other company because I feel like Konami's... I don't know. I don't know what to think about Konami. I mean, it's it's always the, the joke about it's their Plinko machines or whatever now. Like, they're yeah. the, the, the gambling, and that's where they're focusing their efforts, and that's probably the, true. It is true. I'm I'm going off memory, but I feel like they've actually recently lost money or at least not like lost money but their sales have dropped from plinko mm, yeah and i i wonder that if that's why there's so much ambition to reinvest in the gaming industry silent hill's the one to bring it back with probably i can definitely it's one of the stronger ones because yeah. you're not going to do well <laughs> i, I want to say you're not going to do metal gear solid without kojima but yeah. like we've seen them kind of do that i do think they probably learned their lesson from that so they might not do that it was again. A complete success what are you talking about <laughs> if we just if we just go back to the record books that was complete Wasn't success it? Wasn't it? yeah yeah um so i don't know what to say like really there's not a lot of information here it just seems like again more smoke so we can just assume there is a fire and uh hopefully this will get revealed sooner or later like this always brings me back to i can't remember if it's e3 they were supposed to have their own showcase and the last second it feel like they uh kind of like opted out yeah. so I still wonder if that was when they were finally going to announce this. The other thing that I guess before we move on, the uh, the Silent Hill trademark covers game software and headsets for virtual reality. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing where I'm like, if they try to do a Resident Evil 7, re- like not remake of that game, but just a remake in that style, I, I honestly think that would be one of the smartest moves you could do. Because then I don't think people would put as much emphasis on the gameplay itself more than the atmosphere you build. And with the VR headset, 
It, let's you know again. Let's go full speculation, even though I said it won. It comes out on PS PSVR two, and can you, I think that would be a great idea. I think. And I think yeah, that would be a, a headset seller of a game. Yes, for sure, absolutely. So, you know, there's my hopes for the future. <laughs> Again, you will probably remain it. in my dreams, but uh, we, we, we hope. You wouldn't play it. <laughs> I, no, I wouldn't play it. I'd watch you play it. I don't know it, if like I, I could play that. Every t- <laughs> that's, that's pretty scary. As <laughs> soon as those, like, weird ash babies start, like, coming out screaming, oh, my God. As soon God. as the siren goes off and the walls start, start oh, melting yeah. around me, I'm like... That's the whole game, guys. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. My console turned off. <laughs> Darn. Uh, so moving on, Elden Ring has sold a staggering 12 million copies worldwide since launch. This one comes from Push Square. Bandai Namco and From Software have announced the sales figures so far for Elden Ring, and we can probably now officially call it a hit. The open world action RPG has sold in excess of 12 million copies worldwide since launch as of the 14th of March. The sales figure is made public in a new press release. The document also stated that 1 million of those sales were made in Japan, the one region where developer from software self-published the game. It's also worth noting the figure included both physical and digital sales, but we're not told what the split is. Anyway, while not officially mentioned, we can safely assume that this is the company's best-selling and certainly fastest-selling game to date. Okay, not a big article. Uh, I mean, there's not much to talk about here other than this is great, especially for fans of this game as we are. Um, and for From Software, you know, fans of From Software. Exactly. Like, it's just, like, you know, I, I can't remember what I heard. I thought that I heard something like Dark Souls 3, like, after all the years, blah, 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 all the different consoles. It it finally, like, it eventually made it to 10 million sales. Uh, but, you know, that's after years of, like, game sale, like, discounts and stuff like that. This game did it in, like three weeks like what the hell yeah you know like that's awesome how many people do we know that picked up this game that would probably never have even played any of the dark souls or bloodborne or any of those games For, and that's weird to me like because i look at this situation and i don't even know where the hype came from like i feel like people themselves were the hype machine yeah i think so and because like, i feel like they had some good trailers but there was a long time we didn't get elden ring update whatsoever yeah it was a community push just word of mouth and the hype building mm-hmm. it up for everybody. And I, that's, that's cause really there was that one trailer when it was first announced and everybody was like, Oh my God. And then there, it was pretty quiet for such a long time. So yeah, I think this was just, this was definitely community run and just, mm-hmm. I mean, how, how, for how long before it came out, were we talking about it? <laughs> oh, for sure. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for from software. This just fuels them more to make more content, like a sequel. They probably are already going to do expansions or DLC because they've done those for most of the other games for the for the most part. Does Sekiro have a DLC or expansion? I don't know why that... That's the one I don't believe they I do. I don't think they did, yeah. I don't... Yeah. But it, this game is so massive that it seems like they could easily plop in boop, a whole new area. <laughs> so... From my understanding, though, when they were making Sekiro, they were also already working on Elden Ring. Oh, yeah. So I'm wondering if that's why they kind of were like, you know what? We need all hands on deck on this Elden Ring thing because it's massive. Massive. So going from Elden Ring news to more Elden Ring news, Elden Ring IP to expand beyond the realm of games. This one comes from Push Square. As part of the press release announcing the sales number comes a statement of intent rather that's rather interesting. There's now a promise of more from the Elden Ring universe, and it sounds as though it'll extend outside the core game and into other media. In quotes, please look forward to more of Elden Ring as an IP, characters, and other intellectual property in hopes of expanding beyond the game, the realm of games. The press release reads, Yazao Miyakawa, again, I pray to God I'm saying this right, President and CEO of Bandai Namco reiterates this, much effort was placed into creating Elden Ring so that we could exceed the expectations of our fans worldwide, he says. In like manner, we, can, we will continue our efforts in expanding the brand beyond the game itself and into everyone's daily life. So nobody really knows what this means. I mean, it's, you know, pretty, it's very cryptic. And I just, I don't care what it is. I'm ready for it. Like I said, this week, the new thing that hit me about Elden Ring is now I'm sold in the story. I'm finding I'm reading more. 
trying to educate myself more. I'm loving these characters. The lore is absolutely bonkers, but I love it for some reason. And you know, what I want personally is, you know, I've heard rumors that everyone's like, well, George R. R. Martin helped make the game. Does that mean he's making a book? I, as cool as that would be, and I'd actually read that book and I'm not a big book reader. I, you know, occasionally I have read, I have read things, Chris. I have read things. <laughs> evidence says otherwise. <laughs> yes, evidence. Yeah, well, and clearly some of the articles I botch. Um, but anyway, I, I, so I wouldn't mind that, but in the same sense, we've heard the things about George R. R. Martin and how not so timely he is with writing these books and releasing them. So as, as cool as that would be, I kind of don't want him anywhere near the <laughs> making Elden Ring book. For me personally, I really like the idea that I came up with in my dream world. And that would be like kind of like Castlevania, the animated show on Netflix. That'd be cool to see in Elden Ring. Uh, although I think a book would like expand on the world better. Um, I don't care. Honestly, at this point, I'm sold in anything. Like if it's a, a calendar of firemen that are half naked, but they're just in the land of the Elden Ring, uh, <laughs> I would buy that. Like, you know, like. That's how deep I'm in now. So, and I think they know that with the sales numbers they're getting. Yeah, I've been trying to rack my brain what it could be. Like, I think if it was a movie or a TV series, we probably would have had something leak by now, or there would have been some sort of some sort of knowledge of it happening. Well, and you're absolutely right because I do feel like the TV movie industry it's harder to keep secrets. Yeah. Like we always hear about casting right away, directors talks. You know, even this week. Uh, we'll get to in homework, but um, you, the game you like with the rats, um, the Play rat tail. boy, yes, the, like that's becoming something. Ooh. So, you know, you're right. We hear about that way early every time. I feel like I and I wasn't even thinking book initially, like you suggested. At first, I thought maybe like a comic book series. That's what came to my mind. Something that like that seems totally yeah. Because uh, we haven't really seen. Well, I mean, not that I'm deep in that market or anything, but I, I haven't seen any like crazy comic book series come out recently, Some, like a, a spinoff of a game or anything like that. So I, that's what came to mind initially for me. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's pretty cryptic. Like, I don't think like even your hype level, I don't think you would you buy like if they released merchandise like plushies of Dark Souls or something like or elden ring no. or stuff like that or an elden ring backpack or lunch kit I, like i, I don't now if, if they made the raging wolf helm would i buy that yes because i'm an idiot <laughs> um but like if it, it would have to be pretty specific stuff for me yeah. to buy like i saw you know going through the ads you know on anything that pop up on my phone you know i see that they're like hey there's these shirts cool yeah. I, I don't care blade um, replicas maybe that could be something yeah you know like stuff like that but Otherwise, no, I don't think I'd buy too much yeah. here. Um, it'd have to be pretty, like, pretty unique and interesting for me to. I think my support, the cash. my support would end at like buying like a collector's edition of the game or something like that. That's where it's, yeah. like, I, my limit would be. It, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping uh, like a Netflix series or something would be cool. But like I said, I, I'm pretty sure we would know about it by now. At least I have a feeling anyway. Yeah. So, Chris, we're going to move to our last not really an article article, and that is the Hogwarts Legacy State of Play that we had. We were treated to this Thursday. So, you know, we watched it. It's 14 minutes and 43 seconds mm -hmm. long. You can find it literally anywhere. Uh, it doesn't take a lot of effort to find this thing. And we watched it, both of us, I believe. Yep. And, uh, you know, not much to say here. Uh, it's a gameplay trailer. It shows a lot. It talks about some of the mechanics of the game. Uh, I just highly recommend people watch it if you're interested in this game whatsoever. Uh, me and Chris absolutely are. And, you know, without spoiling too much, I think we both agree, if I'm correct, that I think we're both still in. Uh, yeah. I think I'm excited. I, I grounded myself a little bit. I don't know if I'm totally going to mesh with the story uh, as much as I was hoping to, but I still sold. I think uh, it looks good. It's interesting because at certain parts of the video it looks better than i remembered it it did it does feel a little bit like they have tried to do some work to make it feel more towards a ps5 game um but then in other points we look at it and it looks like a nintendo switch game and it, there seems to be a weird wall here but you know it does talk about 
we're not exactly at the you know end point here and you know the footage dips between cinematic and not so i'm definitely still excited for it i know we had a conversation before this uh where we were talking about the combat and we were i think both initially iffy with it at first because it just yeah if you watch it it's like the person who was playing it at the time was not playing it well <laughs> i guess is the nicest way to say it yeah because it, it at first you know a lot of combat games you're thinking like most games there's like mobility you're moving around you're dodging hiding behind cover that's just the games we've been integrated with over so long uh but it, when you're watching the trailer it's and it makes sense logically that you know you're casting spells with your wand it, it, all the people and the combat was like no, nobody was moving they're just whipping spells at each other constantly which like realistically yeah that's actually makes sense in how the combat would go because uh, later on in the trailer, you actually see the whoever's playing at that point is actually starting to like, counter some spells and fling them back and stuff. So it's like, okay, I'm starting to feel this now. It's, it's starting to make sense. Just had to wrap my head around not hiding behind cover like in the last 30 games we've played. So yeah. it's definitely interesting. The whole house sorting thing looks like it'll be exciting to see where people land. Oh, for sure. If it'll be true to all the Facebook... Uh, surveys that you've taken to see what house you'll fall under well i'm wondering if that's more just them like basically letting you pick your house i i don't think it's going to be them just giving you a house because i feel like that would really rub characters the wrong way especially ones that are like i've always wanted to be slytherin or gryffindor right and then the game's just like yeah (laughs) i feel like (laughs) like i feel like how many people would rage quit when they get hufflepuff as an answer i feel like the game's probably gonna ask you like initial questions or it's going to judge some of your previous decisions before the sorting to decide what um, uh, house you go to, I think. That's how, how my theory. Like, it'll literally be the Facebook survey before you actually get sorted into a house. But it's like it's going to be integrated in the gameplay, like, up until when you get to actually that part. I have a feeling it'll make your decisions based on that, but... No, pizza deal. So, I will uh, put a bet that it's not puff. that at all, and and it will no. It was going to let you just pick you uh, straight yeah. up, honestly, because I think they can get away with it too, just because uh, you know now we're going into the movies. But in the sense that Harry literally just says Gryffindor, 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 and the hat knows it's like you want a Gryffindor, okay, like Gryffindor, and the hat even admits it later. He's like a lot of good wizards can be Slytherin, Hufflepuff stuff, and it, it, the hat has its own monologue, basically yeah. saying, "I just knew you wanted to be Gryffindor," and that tells me you're a Gryffindor. Yeah. Although the, I think the tricky part there is like it almost when you're first listening to the the hat, we're getting into so much Harry Potter stuff right now. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> Harry Potter, Potter lore, the, the podcast. <laughs> but the hat was almost debating in its head. Its head. It's weird. <laughs> Frick. Yeah. The hat was debating. It's like you could do well in Slytherin. You could also do well in Gryffindor. And then he hears Harry doing Gryffindor, Gryffindor. And then it's like, okay, Gryffindor. Yeah. So it's like I I don't know if he if, <laughs> and then me me and your version Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff. <laughs> Harry Potter's like oh, call the shitty kids go to Hufflepuff <laughs> oh man I love Harry Potter good times I love Harry Potter too I, I and anyway getting back to the game yeah the game I I think you're right the combat looked better towards the end of the video uh, I don't know who was demoing the first half of that video like i I get it's pre-recorded but whoever was controlling that situation like it just looked like the guy didn't know how to play the game so it scared me initially and then later i was like oh okay wait you can counter you can do this the guy looks like he has more moving the camera around Um, like the nostalgia of just the spells you know i would hear uh when he raises a sword uh of like one of those characters uh i forget the spell's name again my harry potter trivia is a little out to date lately um, but I did recognize the spell. I've heard, seen articles where they talk about like Avada, and I'm probably saying this wrong, but Avada Kedavra or whatever is uh, the death curse there. Uh, that seems to be in the game, which is kind of cool. I'm like, oh, wait, like, is that touching more on like what me and you talked mm-hmm. about before the show where there might be more choices than we really realize about you being good or bad? And if you can use the death curse, then I assume you're going to be bad. Like there has to be some consequence. Yeah, a to morality that. system in the game, probably. Which again, awesome. Like that kind of stuff really interests me. The whole selecting your friendships, like it, it kind of seems like they're alluding to the fact that you might have your own, you might be able to find your own Ron and Hermione. And I like that too. Now they only showed like three characters and I'm not interested in any of the three that they showed. 
Um, so I'm a little worried. Like, how many are there really that have a deep story that I can every like, house will have become two. friends with? Well, you know, that's my thing. And I'm like, so I, I'm kind of worried. Like, I, I really hope it's not just the three or like, there's like a fourth they didn't show. And they're like, well, look, you have four options. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, again, I'm not asking for watchdogs, like Legion, <laughs> yeah. where they pretend these guys have a deep story and they absolutely do not. Um, but you know, I, I do want some, uh, options in that category. Otherwise I'd be like, why'd you even add this? Yeah. I think the one thing that's a little sad, but it makes sense is like, you're just not getting any of the, well, there's probably some surprise characters, but you're not getting any characters from like the current Harry Potter lore, which is maybe the only downside to the whole thing. But I think that's fine. Every everybody just wants to be a wizard or witch or whatever. Yes. So it's like I think that's gonna outweigh that. So I, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. I think it's gonna be a fun time for sure. I, all the seasons, man. The seasons, and yeah. The weather, the scarves, and the house coats, and you know, even the great hall, like just all the the like scenery they showed us. I, I'm just I was getting hit over the head with the nostalgia vibes and. For whatever reason, I'm giving this a pass. Uh, not a pass, and like I'm not going to play it, but just like that, it's okay that it's you know basically surviving purely off of my nostalgia. Yeah, and I, I want it. Like you know, I've been excited about this game. I really hope you know this video didn't sell me 100 percent that this is like an eight or above out of ten or like a four out of five. But I'm just going to try to be optimistic, and I really hope it hits the mark. Um. There's just some really cool stuff, uh, you know, little dungeons, very Harry Potter looking things. You're right. It doesn't have a lot of characters from the movie, but this game is supposed to take place in the 1800s. So it kind of makes sense. Although Sir Headless Nick or yeah, Headless Nick or Sir Nicholas, whatever his name was, did make an appearance, except it's like they found the person that could do the impression the worst. Like, yeah, there's no connection between that. You know, I was kind of like. Man, you can find someone that could kind of do the voice. Well, didn't he do uh, the like, voice originally in like the PlayStation games? Like, I'd have to I go back. Have, that actually, they I got think you're him, right. But I, I don't know. I was, I was kind of disappointed by that because, yeah, I was listening for the voice. I'm like, ooh, this is not a good impression. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like as if they wanted to avoid the original altogether. So either way, you know, there's going to be some, and they mentioned that we're going to see some stuff at Hogwarts that we haven't been able to see before. Like they showed kind of the behind the scenes how the food's getting made, and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, there's a house elf, so that's going to. What do you think of the nostalgia. concept of the like the story? Because it sounds like there, it's like a goblin war or something. Yeah, that's what I'm a little down on. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if I'm that interested in goblins. I like them as a background character, and like they're you know they they run the banks and they have their own source of power, kind of, and it's it's intriguing. But I don't know if I wanted that to be my main villain. Yeah. Like I I get that it'd be like we'd be treading water or familiar like ground if um it was just another dark wizard and you know because we have grindelwald now and voldemort and hopefully even myself later because i'll become an evil <laughs> uh sorcerer um but from hufflepuff so i get they don't want to do that again the evilest hufflepuff there's ever been <laughs> it's like evil and puff just don't go together in a no. sense but anyway uh yeah I, I don't know like hopefully it's better than i think it's going to be uh and like i said just the thing that keeps rubbing me weird is it can look really good sometimes, and then other times in the video, it doesn't look that great. So uh, either way, it's supposed to be coming out holiday 2022. So that's really great. My only issue is, again, the wording. Like, they don't give a date. They're just like holiday. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen a lot of things say holiday that ended up being 2023. That's going to be <laughs> you know, first quarter always, 2023. <laughs> yes. It always gets pushed back to the next year because well, that was Horizon 2, right? Yeah. They just kept saying holiday. Yeah. It's literally going to be a year from today. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we get it. Um, I'm excited for it. Sounds like Chris, you're excited for it. Um, But anyway, that's it for the news. That means we have to go to review roundup. What is happening this week in reviews? And it looks like Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin on the PS5 hit a critic score of 72 on Metacritic, 27 positive, 28 mixed, one negative. Uh, Definitely a mixed reception on that game. Like you couldn't be more stark contrast on that. Uh, user score is 7.1 with 81 ratings. So sounds like the users and the critics actually agree for once. Yep. Grand Theft Auto 5 on the PS5. So our new updated version. Critic score sitting at 81 and that's three positive, one mixed, zero negative. 
and user score sitting at a 3.2 with 53 ratings. Uh, people aren't thrilled with the lack Trolling of... It. Well, it just seems like some users feel like there wasn't a lot added here. There's no ray trace. There's no this. There's no that. Uh, no extent, like, extra content. Just, just report. Yeah, and they just want your money, which I agree with. It does seem like that's the case. Uh, and then our, lastly, we have Persona 4 Arena Ultimax on the PS4. This one's sitting at a critic score 82 which for some reason is higher than the Switch version. Not sure why I didn't really look into it. Uh, 13 positive, one mix, zero negative again. So there's your games for the week, uh, which means we have to move into homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show to get through all the articles that came out this week. So we'll give you the article names, where to find those articles, and then you go educate yourselves. So starting Elden Ring patch brings buffs, nerfs, additional map options, new quest phases, and more. This one comes from Game Informer. And I'm still kind of sorting through it myself. So I don't want to talk about it much. The reason I didn't talk about it on the show is I feel like it could, in speaking of it, we could ruin and spoil some things. So it's safer to put in homework. Uh, Plague Tale TV show is in the works. This one comes from IGN. Cool. I don't have a purpose for a rat simulator TV show, but great. I, I don't know. I, I have no interest in the games. I have less interest in a TV show. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy will be free of microtransactions. This one comes from Push Square. So there's your positive news. You can tell Ubisoft did not make this game. <laughs> uh, Netflix live action Resident Evil TV series debuts this July. Hey. This one comes from Push Square. I'm all set for this. You know, I've been disappointed time, time and time and time again. But, you know, it, we're getting another shot at it. And hopefully Netflix finally gets it right because I didn't love the original uh, Resident Evil movies because. They just were, had nothing to do with Resident Evil by the end. Um, the reboot by movie the was absolutely <laughs> horrible. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just all my expectations will fall on this one. Uh, EA announces it won't hold EA Play Live event this year. This one comes from Game Informer. So kind of sounds like they're uh, following PlayStation's lead. And uh, it's a little disappointing. But at the same time, I doubt they have a lot to show this year. Well, I mean, at least PlayStation does their... Uh state of plays so yeah ghostwire tokyo boasts six graphical modes for playstation 5 this one comes from game informer babylon fall uh, boom man babylon's fall square enix sends survey to players asking how to improve the game this one comes from game informer uh so you just turn off the servers <laughs> and that's how you'll fix that game borderlands 3 will get cross play on playstation after apparent sony u-turn this one comes from VGC. And finally, uh, one that I'm excited for, Resident Evil 237 saves will transfer to the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. This one comes from VGC. Okay, so that's it for homework, and that means that's everything for the show. So until next week, we just want to thank you for your time. It's your most valuable currency, and we're humbled that you'd spend any of it on these two idiots here. So... Until next week, we just have to say goodbye. Well, and we got to go and start recording our Harry Potter podcast after this. So, bye, guys. Harry Potter lore. <laughs> Big.